So I'm not sure how many of you know this, but my legal name is not actually JL. It's Jessica Lindsley. And no one really knows that. And it all began when I was a toddler. My dad nicknamed me by my initials, JL, Jessica Lindsley, right? And it was just spelled J dot L dot, like normal initials. And then he called me that a lot. And then when I got into kindergarten, it turns out that five other girls in my kindergarten class were also Jessica, four of which were Jessica L something, like Lynn or Lee, and two others had the same last name first letter as me. So there were Jessica M's, three of us in total. And I thought in my five-year-old brain, this is gonna be ridiculous because this is gonna be my life for the next six years. So I told the teacher, just call me JL. That's what my dad calls me anyway. My parents like that. Everybody calls me, so just call me J.L. And so it kind of stuck. And then it became JL on the soccer field and JL in scouts and JL in swimming lessons. And so pretty soon, everyone just sort of thought my name was JL and I liked it, it worked for me. And then when I came out here 20 some years ago, there was um, this problem that kept happening, which was that there were no girl pastors. Like it was kind of a new thing happening in the kingdom and there were just not very many female pastors. And so people would see my name, Pastor J.L. And they would definitely assume that that was a man's name. And so they would ask for him and he all the time. And it got really confusing. And so I said, you know what? I'm just going to minimize the drama. I'm going to figure out how to spell J-L in like a feminine, pretty way. And so hence the writing J-A-Y-E-L-L-E, because I thought that was like feminine and pretty. Why I didn't just change my name back to Jessica, because there weren't like 19 of us, I'm not really sure. So it just became J-L. And barely anyone even knows that my name is Jessica before I just, you know, spent the last five minutes explaining that to you. But I don't know if any of you have ever been in this awkward position where you feel like you should know someone's name in a moment, but you don't know it. For whatever reason, you're having that conversation, you're looking them in the eye, it's even worse when they know your name and you don't know their name. And I don't know how often this happens to you, but it happens to me all the time. And it's so uncomfortable because you're thinking the whole time, you're faking your way through that conversation while your brain is trying to remember the name of that person. Because we instinctively know that if we don't know someone's name, we're accidentally communicating that we don't really care about them as much as we should. We're like sort of shafting them. We're saying we're not that close. I didn't bother to remember. I'm so sorry, I don't really care. And we don't mean to be saying that, but that's how it feels. And so when I'm in that conversation with that person whose name I should know and I somehow don't know, I start panicking inside. And this happens to me a lot because my name is on giant screens and you have an advantage. You can read it, but I can't always know your names quite as easily and so it gets kind of weird for me. In fact, there's a person in this room who has been here with us for like six months, it's Reagan, but for some ridiculous, awful, horrible reason, I continuously call her Riley. And I, I've done it on the microphone publicly in front of hundreds of people and it's so embarrassing. But I don't, is it just me? Like, does anyone else have this problem with names? And it's so, ugh, I just, it's complicated if you don't recognize someone's name because you wanna say their name. Because when you say their name, it communicates we're close. We have a relationship, we're building something here. It, it, it communicates a, a concern and a care, human being to human being. When you use someone's name, it's really meaningful. And that's why, to me, it's so crazy 
that so much of the Bible goes by in the beginning without God revealing his name. The whole first hundred-ish pages of the Bible, they just generically refer to him as God in a very generic term. And they, they, they don't reveal his, he doesn't, God doesn't reveal his true personal name. So the whole time Abraham, or the whole time Adam and Eve are on the planet and they're walking in the cool of the night, in the day, in the garden with God, and they're having this intimate communion, they somehow don't know his name. And when Cain and Abel and that whole story, and he like kills his brother, when that happens, he doesn't, nobody knows God's name. And Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, these huge Noah, these huge men that are, and women that are in the very beginnings of the Bible, no one knows the name of God. And so all of a sudden, God reveals his name like a hundred pages deep. It's like, where have you been? Like, why have you not told us what we're supposed to call you up till this moment? But all of a sudden, in Exodus chapter 3, suddenly the name of God, his personal name gets revealed to mankind. I'd love to read the story to you. In the book of Exodus chapter 3, it says this. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jephro. He led a flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire in the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see it. Then when the Lord saw that Moses had come to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt, and I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh, and you must lead out my people Israel out of Egypt. Verse 13. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? And then what should I tell them? And I think this is a fair point. If you're being sent to to bring a message on behalf of someone, you're being sent to tell someone something, I think it's important to be able to say who sent you. So for example, if I show up at your school and I go into your class, I knock on your door and I, and I ask your teacher like, can you come out of class? I need to speak with Jacob urgently. I need to talk to him. And I get him in the hallway and I say, hey, I'm here. I got to bring you, I got a message for you. I've been sent. What's the first thing you're going to want to know? Who sent, who sent you, right? Who's the message from? And if I say something like, you know, that one guy in the black hoodie with the skin and the nose and the two eyes and, and the face, you're, that message is not going to be that meaningful. But if I come to you and say, I pull you out of class and I say, I have a message, I'm urgently sent by your Uncle John, then you're like, whoa. 
this message is meaningful to me. So God is sending Moses, and he's sending him to bring this powerful message to a nation of people that are slaves. And the message is going to be, I'm going to deliver you up out of Egypt, and I'm going to bring you where you're no longer slaves. That's a pretty epic message. But, but they wanted to know who, who's saying so. Who says they're going to deliver us? Who says we're going to get freedom? Like, does the guy have the skill to back that kind of message? That's a bold message. And so he, Moses recognizes, I can't just go to a million people and say, you're not going to be slaves anymore, says the guy with the hoodie in the face. Like, you have to, says the bush that won't burn up, but it's on fire. Like, you have to have some substance. You have to be able to say who it was that sent you. Because the name matters. Who sends you matters. It adds legitimacy to the entire message. And so at this point in human history, not before, but at this moment in human history, God decides, you know what? I am now going to reveal my personal name to the people. I'm going to tell them who I really am. Verse 14, this answer is trippy. Ready? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, Yahweh, which means he is, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to be, to remember for all generations. So let's leave this verse up here for a second because I got to be honest, when I first heard this as a teenager, I went, what? Like, I am, what does that really mean to say your name is I am or he, he is, is how we would say it. Like, I kind of felt like something was a little bit, a little bit maybe missing. I don't want to be insulting, but, but God's revealing his name here and he's letting us know he doesn't want to be a far off deity. He doesn't want to be a disinterested generic God with a generic title. He's saying, no, I want closeness. I want intimacy. I want connection. I want my people to know my personal name. And so he reveals it to us, but at the same time, it's clouded in mystery. So if you're looking for the word to say that is the proper name of the Old Testament God, you would say, who is God the Father, you would say Yahweh. And Yahweh translates to the meaning I am. And so that's what I want to make sure that each one of you understands tonight, because I believe it's important to know the name of God. I think that really is significant, because God's saying, I want you to know my name, because I want us to be in connection, I want us to be in friendship. But when we look at the definition of the name of God, I am, it's confusing, it's overwhelming. And at first, I thought it was a little bit lame. No disrespect. I really mean no disrespect, because there's so much sacredness to knowing the name of God. It took hundreds and hundreds of years for God to even reveal his name to mankind. And you saw all the care that the Israelite people took to protect the sacredness of the name I am, the name Yahweh, that they wouldn't even write it so that no one would accidentally speak it with any type of disrespect in their tone. But what I've learned over time is how intensely profound the name I am really is. To really know that God is saying, my name is I am, or he is, is so profound because what it lets us understand is so much more of the richness of 
God's character. And so at first I thought it was a little strange, but then I lived a little. And some of my life journeys brought me to some fullness of the meaning of God. So if you spend a few months, and I got to do this in high school as also in college, I got to spend some time at an orphanage in the ghettos of Tijuana. And I went there the first time as like a 14, 15 year old kid, but I stayed there an entire summer between my sophomore or my junior and senior year, went back in college and I watched these children grow up and I watched these children who utterly had nothing. It revealed so much to me about God and about his character. So watching these kids who had no one, I realized that when God says, I am, that he that he is the father to the fatherless. Do you see how that sentence changes and the meaning changes as God reveals more and more of his purpose? There was a, a time at the orphanage where we ran completely out of water. We had no water for a couple of weeks in the hot of July um, in Tijuana. It was just like 100 degrees, humid, and we literally had nothing to drink. And um, all of a sudden, one day, a water truck came up the hill that was completely unexpected and sent to us by the president of Mexico out of nowhere. And the, the water truck came with the message that he would personally continuously supply water to this one specific orphanage for, forever. He would personally oversee it happening. And so as the water truck came up the hill, I still remember these kids that I loved running to the water truck and just touching it as it was going up the hill. And they were more excited than any kid I've ever seen on Christmas morning that they were going to have water. And, and it was in that moment that I learned when God says, I am, part of what he's saying is, I am the living water. He's revealing a part of his character through the different things that I encountered in my life, and he'll do the same for you. He'll begin to reveal who he is and the fullness of what his name really means. I am, he is, and what goes in that blank? I am, in this case, father to the fatherless. I am the living water. And I watched a little old woman at this orphanage. She was a widow and she had nothing. And her job was to cook the meals every day but Sunday. And one day I got assigned to her as a 15, 16 year old kid to go in there. And she was crying and praying as I came in. And she handed me some, um, it was country crock, a thing of country crock and a knife. And she was taking pieces of bread out of the loaves and they were moldy. And she was crying and she was scraping the mold from the bread and then handed me the bread to butter the bread. And she's praying under her breath. And I said to her in Spanish, hermana, which means sister, why are, we, why are we scraping this bread? It's clearly moldy. And she said, it's the only thing I have in the kitchen to feed the children. And so we're scraping the bread and we're preparing the margarine and bread for breakfast because that's all that we have. And I'm like sick to my stomach and I begin to pray with Hermana Linda as we scrape the mold from the bread and we butter the margarine onto the bread and we stack it to, to later feed the kids. And suddenly a person comes, a random person, and they bring to us 12 containers of animal crackers, which I know sounds absolutely crazy, but you know those they're like clear plastic bears and they have crackers inside and they have them at Sam's Club and they're just ginormous. We got those like 20 minutes before we were gonna feed kids moldy bread. And Hermana Linda was so excited she began to scream in, in Spanish that, that he is the bread of life. 
the pan de vida in Spanish. He is the bread of life. Like he brought bread to children that had no bread. So when we say, when Moses hears that God is I am, he is the God that is, that ever will be, that can meet the needs of everyone, he's constantly revealing to us more and more of who he really is. He is I am. He is the one that we are gonna need in the future, the one who always was in the past, who met every need in the past. Now he's not, he is not what we want We can't just insert any random word into the blank however we want. It has to be based on what he reveals. It has to be based in line with his character. And so when God says, I am the bread of life, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the living water, I am the father to the fatherless, he's showing us more and more of who he is. So I want to try something new, something we've never done. And I want to give each one of us a chance to share a little bit in the middle of this sermon. So there's going to be, here we go. It's kind of like 4640 texting, but instead you use a web browser. So go ahead and pull out your cell phone and go to Chrome or Safari or whatever it is that you use on your web browser and type in respond.4640gj.com. Respond.4640gj.com. And when you do, what's going to come up is a question that you will be able to answer. And then your answers are going to just like um, go over here to the soundboard. They're going to get the answers live. And then we're going to be able to put the answers up onto the screen. And the question is this. In your lifetime, God has probably revealed something to you about who he is. And that's what we want to know is, is how would you answer that blank based on how God has revealed himself? So God has revealed himself to me as I am Father to the fatherless. I am your help. I am, what is it? So here, some are already starting to come in. So someone wrote, I am a warrior for me. So that's kind of what God spoke to them. He revealed. So his name is I am. And then what goes in the blank is reveals to us who he is. He's trying to communicate constantly who he is. I am the comforter. The person received comfort from I am, from Yahweh. I am a perfect father. I am a perfect father. So whether your earthly father is perfect or not, your earthly mother is perfect or not, you have a heavenly father who's perfect. And that's revealed to that person. That's how God's showing his character. I am your friend. I am your friend. I am... The protector, right? So these are all ways that God shows us who he is. He protects us. I am the glue that holds your life together. So the sentence continues. The revelation continues when God says to Moses, I am, I am what? I am, well, you don't even know you need yet. You don't even know what your heart's going to need in the future. We don't know what we're going to need tomorrow, but he is what we're going to need. Not necessarily what we're going to want. You can't say, I, I am the revenge that beats up your enemies. It's not, it doesn't work like that. It's, it's, it's what we need. I am the helper. I am hope in my dark place. So these are all extensions of, of how we can end that sentence, of how we can know a little bit more of who God actually is. I don't know if more are coming in or not. Yeah, lots are coming in. Okay. I am a broken, 
yet fixed piece of work. I am your sustainer. That means God keeps you, God is the one who keeps that person going, sustained. I am the calm within the chaos. Mother, perfect father, your navigator. I am your navigator. So when God says to Moses, I am, I am, or what we would read as he is, it continues to echo out. I am who keeps you company when you feel alone. I am the connection. I am the one who stops the storm. I am. So when God shows up on the scene in a bush that's on fire that seems like it should be burning up, but it never somehow ever does burn up, God is revealing that I am faithful. I am all these things. And, and not just in our words as pastors, but in your own words, as your own texts have come in, you're showing, this is whose God has shown himself to be to me, that he is the strength that I'm looking for. He, he's the strength I need to get through today. He's the strength I'm gonna need to get to, through tomorrow. He is the light in the dark tunnel. Like this is who you guys have seen your God to be. So what is the name of God in Hebrew? The name of God of the Old Testament is Yahweh, which translates, I am. And as we answer that question, we have to kind of live a little. We have to go through some stuff. I am the place where no one can hurt you. We have to go through some stuff to really understand the fullness of what the name of God really means to us. I am the savior of your life. Absolutely. We have to go through some stuff to understand what his name really means. But the cool thing about it is it, it's limitless. It's limitless. I am the life, the love, and trusts. And so who God is and how he speaks to you is gonna continue to expand. But I want, this is something I kinda want you to press into a little bit. Because I don't know where you're at tonight and I don't know exactly what it is that you are searching for, but I can tell you that it's God. I don't know what it feels like you're searching for, but in the answer is I am. It's He is. It's the fact that He's there for you today, that He's going to be there for you tomorrow. And maybe what you've needed is peace, and if that's the case, God would say to you, I am the Prince of Peace. And if what you've needed is hope, then, then God would say, I am the hope of the world. And what you've needed is life, then God would let you know that he is the resurrection and the life. And if what you've needed is joy, then, then God would say, I am the strength and the joy. And if what you've needed is a light in the darkness, then he would say, I am the light of the whole world. And if what you've needed is healing, then God would say, I am the healer. And so I want you to know that you don't serve a God, you don't come to worship a God who's far away, who doesn't care, who's disinterested, who doesn't know your name and doesn't want to be known by you, but you serve a God who reveals himself to his people, who wants to know your name and wants you to know his name. He wants to be the relief to your pain. 
He wants to be what it is that you're gonna need tomorrow before tomorrow even happens, before we even know what tomorrow's needs are gonna be. God's already there and he's already willing to meet them. And so I just invite you for a moment, just close your eyes for a second right where you're at. God, thank you for the ways that you've revealed yourself to us. Thank you for telling Moses your name is I am and for us he is. Thank you for trusting us with knowing that your name is Yahweh. And God, we ask that you would continue to reveal to us who you are, that you would continue to reveal to us how you want to support us, how you want to show yourself to be strong and capable in our lives tomorrow. How by tucking into you and staying close to you, we can have the peace in the storm, we can have the relief from the pain, we can have the answer to the loneliness, we can have you with us every step of the way. And God, we pray that we would continue to understand more and more of who you are and what you're revealing by tucking into you, by tucking into your word and your truth. Thank you. Thank you that you are what we're going to need tomorrow and every tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.